just go for it. I mean, I feel like we're on such a cutting edge of a shift in education. Yes. And many people are just discouraged with the public school setting and some are discouraged with private school settings. And there's so many parents looking for an alternative to education for their kids. I feel like one room schoolhouses are making their way back. Welcome teacher to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a wonderful interview today with a very good friend of mine. We go way back from Florida to Missouri. That is where I met today's guest, Lori Rubel. We actually taught together in Missouri. And then I moved to Florida. She moved to Florida several years later. And I was absolutely astounded that Lori became a homeschool mom. I thought it was awesome. She lived in Florida. She left teaching. She became a homeschool parent. And then after a little bit of time went by, Lori's inquiring, how about this whole micro school thing? Tell me some more about it. And in today's episode, you're going to hear the heart of Lori about why she started a micro school, about her daughter, her homeschooling experience, her public school experience. And I know that you'll be super intrigued and enlightened by Lori's tenacity to keep going and her ability to come become so resourceful in the making of her micro school. So without further ado, let's hear from Lori. Lori, welcome to the Teacher Let Your Light Shine podcast. We're so happy that you're here. I know that all of our listeners are going to be so inspired by your story. This is a moment that I've been waiting for that I feel so blessed to be sitting here across the Zoom meeting with you. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and where you are from. Well, Mackenzie, thank you so much for having me on your show. This is super exciting. Um, So I am originally from Missouri. I was uh, raised there and grew up there. And then just a year and a half ago, moved to uh, Florida. So only like an hour from you where you're at. Yes. And and you are so welcome being here on the show. I'm so happy that you are here, Lori. It's really my honor. So thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us. Yeah, thank you. So um, a little bit, just a short thing about me. Just um, I've been a teacher, um, elementary teacher for 17 years until we moved. And then I got to be homeschool mom for a year. And then I decided to start Bloom Beautiful Academy. So 
And here we are. Here we are. Now, Lori, I think it's very important that we tell the listeners that you and I actually go way back. Yes. Not grade school way back, but we did teach grade school together. And that was about 15 years ago, right? That was about 15 years ago. And I was teaching in a small town in Missouri. And so were you, you actually married a friend of ours from church and a nice gentleman that I remember in high school. And so Lori married Mr. Rubel and moved to Scott city. We taught together for a couple of years at Scott city. And I remember on Facebook, whenever you posted that you were going to be moving to Florida and we were just exchanging that it would be so neat if we could meet up one day. And then I was just watching your story of homeschooling for the first year that you were in Florida. And I had started the teacher, let your light shine podcast. And I had started the group and it was just probably the first or second day of starting the group. And I thought, I'm just going to go through my friends list and see what teachers might be interested. But I only picked like three or four. And the reason why I thought you would be interested in joining our group is because you were a homeschool mom. And I really, at the beginning of the teacher, let your light shine podcast was really focused on helping homeschool moms and teachers wanting to build businesses. So I thought as a homeschool mom, you'd be really interested. And so tell us about whenever you got that invitation to get into the group and here you are just loving your life as a homeschool mom. Yeah. So, um, I got the invitation for the group and I thought, oh, well that's neat, but I'm not really sure that's something I want to do. And, um, so I kind of just, I would see things pop up and I'd glance at it, but not really read much of it. And then one day I decided to just, I thought, you know, I think this is something I might be able to do. Yes. And by the way, we don't typically invite people to come into the Facebook group. It's one of those things that people get to do on their own, but it was starting out. And I was like, I think Lori would really, would really appreciate being in this. And it was so funny because I still remember the very first post saying, Hey guys, I've been in this group for a while, but I haven't said anything. I'm actually starting to think that this might be something I want to do. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Oh my goodness. You're only 45 minutes for me. So we got to talking and you actually came, visited Lighthouse Learning. And then you were thinking, I think this is really something that I can do. You were asking all the questions. You built yourself a binder. You got all of the business bundle documents. And then we've been together ever since you went through the educational marketing series. And I have loved watching you grow from literally the moment of you posting in our group. What do you guys think about this logo? And what do you think about the letter sizes and the colors? And it was just to see where you started, even being reluctant or non-interested and then reluctant. And then seeing you do so much through your baby steps and now look at where you are. So I would love for you to share with us as a homeschool mom, share with us your story about really how it all began. You're in Florida, you were homeschooling. Tell us what your life was like in an effort to get to this point. Okay. Um, so a little bit of a backstory. I was very burnt out in public school. Mm -hmm. Um, I was tired of all the discipline issues and from the moment I walked in the door until I left for the day, that was one of the big reasons I was kind of burnt out. So on top of that, 
all the other demands that come with uh, public school teaching and feeling that just like, oh, you're never doing enough and all. And also, I just, I've always had the desire to open my own school. My mom and I, my mom's a teacher. We would talk about it, like how cool would it be if we had this and this um, ever since I was in public school. And I always wanted to be able to homeschool my daughter since she was born. So yes. it's just so amazing to me the way God kind of worked all of this out. Um, so we did homeschool the first year that we moved to Florida. Um, but I'm just not meant to just sit <laughs> and I could not just sit at home. Um, even though we were doing great, she was excelling. Um, so then, um, I was also a part of another homeschool co-op and I started listening to the other homeschool moms and some of the struggles. And I thought I can help them. Hmm. I can use my talents, some of my abilities to help these homeschool families educating their children. So good. So uh, like we had said earlier, I'd occasionally been watching the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Um, and then I decided, okay, I think I'm going to do this. That was just, I came and visited Lighthouse Learning um, in April. Right. Got some really good ideas. And then I just started from then I was like, okay, I think I, I, I can do this. And so I jumped all in and fast tracked. That's the way I put it. Fast tracked my way to opening a micro school. And I just remember you saying, Lori, where did you come from? <laughs> you, I was, uh, you were a member of the page and then all of a sudden you're starting your own micro school. So it was a fast process because I saw the need. And once I got something or get something in my mind, I just go for it. Yes, Lori, that was so beautiful to see you take this idea. And I, when Lori came to Lighthouse Learning, she brought her sweet daughter. And we actually went on a field trip that day. We went to the library, we went to the park, and it was just you and I. At that time, I had 12 students, and my assistant was not there that day. Lori brought all of Nora's book. And it was so cute because you were thinking, okay, she's going to do her schoolwork. And then you got into our environment and I'm thinking, come on, Nora, just get into the mix with us. And we had so much fun and she was doing a writing lesson with us. And then we did centers together. I'm sure that your even your vision of homeschooling and the curriculum that you were using has even changed since you started building your micro school. So I think it would be very beneficial if you would even share going from public school to homeschool. And then now you have went from homeschooling back into teaching, but it's been different. Would you mind sharing just the difference in maybe your style of teaching and then even what you learned through homeschooling? Oh yeah. So that's changed tremendously. Yes. Um, public school, uh, we were always on a schedule. It had, everything had to be, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this and we're not stopping. And, <laughs> yes. and then when we um, homeschooled, I sort of did the same thing because that's all I knew. And so we would get a workbook out and we'd get it finished and we'd get the other one out and we'd get it finished. And I did it every subject, every day. Wow. And, um, she learned a lot. 
but it wasn't fun. It was not, it really wasn't fun. And so um, this year it's so different because um, we just, well, we focus on reading and math on Tuesday and Thursday and science and social studies on Wednesday and Friday. So four days a week. And so we're not doing every single thing every day. And when I notice the kids are, they need a break, we take a break. So there's no like strict schedule. I know. Very freeing. (laughs) You get to do it on your own. And sometimes it does feel so free that you're thinking, um, okay, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this right now? And then you see the fruit of your labor and you see how happy the kids are. You see how wonderfully attentive they are compared to if they were having to sit still for an extended amount of time or do the testing and the laborious work that is quite often not fun and definitely not stimulating. So I would love also, Lori, if you could share about how you decided in structuring your micro school. I first thought I was going to do everything, every subject all week. And I think you actually said, you're going to drive yourself crazy trying to get all of that done every day. It's not necessary. And I was like, that's the way I've always done it. Like, right. And so, um, I did structure it to, um, like I said, Tuesday and Thursday, we focus more on math and reading and then Wednesday, Friday, um, science and social studies. And Lori is, I think it's important for our listeners to know the demographics that you serve are your students all homeschooled students, were they homeschooled? Did they come from public school? Could you tell us more about your student clientele? All of my students actually at this point have come from homeschool. So I have, including my daughter, three students that are full-time. And then um, I have 14 students total. So 11 of them are more part-time and their parents needed help with different subjects. So some of them come on Tuesday, Thursday, because they need help with reading is usually the thing, Mm -hmm. a few math. And then um, other parents wanted the science and social studies um, help. And so that's how it's split. Yeah. So it's a hybrid in a sense with, we've got the private tutoring in a sense of what you're doing. You're giving this nice individualized instruction on what the student needs, but you're also enriching through your sciences, your social studies. And I know I see you on Facebook doing incredible activities with your students. Can you tell us some of the fun activities that you do at Bloom Beautiful? So um, we have got to do so much. Um, We just finished up um, a unit on ancient Egypt with history and everybody got to choose what they wanted to make a presentation about, like some pyramids or just broken down like that. And so they just did a presentation on that, on that, and they were super excited to uh, present. And so they made posters, then they presented to everybody. Um, We've done some cooking. We did that around Thanksgiving. It's been so much. We've gotten connected with a man that does science workshops for free and history workshops. So we go to those once a month and the kids absolutely love them. You go 
to different locations. You're going on field trips. I understand that many people like for lighthouse learning, we have a 15 passenger van. That was a, that was not my vision. I was absolutely my husband saying, no, we are so going forward, honey. You do not see the possibilities. So I know that you don't have a 15 passenger van. So would you mind sharing how you are transporting the students? So I do have a, a lady that comes and helps. She is wonderful. So um, some of the time she, or she does, she takes kids in her vehicle because um, we go to the park every day. And so she takes kids in her vehicle. I take some kids in my vehicle. There's um, other parents that have volunteered if we're going somewhere further um, to help drive. And so like, just kind of with the space, we just make it work. Yes, you do. That is amazing, Lori. And I remember whenever we first started the school year, it was only a couple of weeks in and you messaged me. I think I need to hire someone because your enrollment was increasing. And so I think that that is something that is very, very testimonial on how God has moved in your life. From the moment you said you were going to do this, this was May. May Lori, and you were a part of a homeschooling group co-op, and then you started doing some summer camps. Would you mind sharing going from summer camp to then starting the school year and growing? We would love to hear your progression. Um, so yes, I, um, did summer camps. Um, and my main reason was actually my husband said, are you sure you want to do that and try to get this started? I said, absolutely. Because, um, as you've said before, people have to know you like you and what am I missing? Trust you. Trust you. Yeah. Trust you. Yes. Hey, that's good. You're yeah. You picked it up, Lori. We talked about that in our educational marketing series when we did a five week course and it was all about the no like and trust factor. And if you are really trying to build this quickly or, or regardless, if you're trying to build it quickly, you are taking care of someone's child and they, they want to know you, they need to like you and they absolutely have to trust you. So that was a very good move on your part to start that summer camp because it was also good for your daughter. Yeah. And so because I wanted to also get my name out there and people didn't have to commit to an entire school year, it was Mm -hmm. just for a week. And I think it was the most beneficial thing that I did because I had three different summer camps. And then from there, I started getting word of mouth from those parents. Mm -hmm. And I even asked those parents to write like reviews on my Facebook page. That was so good. And um, so that really, really helped. I feel like get the ball rolling. You really took what we learned in, in our educational marketing series and you really put it you put the pedal to the metal. And I remember one time in our Facebook group, you were feeling a little discouraged because it happens when you're maybe not getting the results that you're seeing right away. And you're wondering, I put myself out there. There's this fear of rejection. What if it doesn't work? And I think it's helpful for those to know, have you ever faced doubt? And, and obviously I just said that you did, but what, what was that like and how did you stay hopeful? Um, yeah, absolutely. I have faced um, all the questions that roll through your mind. Will, will I get any students? Why would anyone want to send their child to me for their education? <laughs> oh. um, am I even qualified enough? 
will I meet the parents' expectations? What if they don't like me? All of those things that probably everybody thinks. And that was all um, before I got started. Then after I started, I after things got started, I started facing this isn't going to work. Mm, mm. <laughs> and what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> because it was tough at first, um, probably every day for that entire first month after we started for the school year, I had to reflect and change the way we were doing things mm. because I've never taught kindergarten through fourth grade all at the same time. And we had a meeting. You and I had a Right after school had started, it was just a couple weeks in, you and I did a FaceTime call and we went through the structure of your day and, you know, it's, we have the goods as teachers. We've, we've went through training and then all of a sudden we're put into this new environment and we're having to adapt. And you're right, because you're thinking I've only taught to one grade level at one given time, forgetting though, that we have taught multi talented students within that sector in our classroom. However, it's just been a little bit more difficult because now we're thinking, okay, he's in first grade. She's in second grade. This little one's in kindergarten and forgetting though, that there were students in our classroom that were all on different levels as well. Those who whenever you were teaching first grade, some of them on a third, fourth grade reading level, some in a pre-K reading level. And so you were still differentiating, but I think in that moment, you're thinking, oh my goodness. So what do you think about multi-age now, now that you've actually given it a try for the past few months? I love it. The, the students, um, the older students really love to help those younger students. And it's so sweet to watch them just even help them put their shoes on and tie their shoes. Um, and then the younger students look up to them and they really want to, kind of rise to the occasion, even with um, writing in their journals. For example, they see this fourth grader write all these sentences and they're like, oh, well, I might be able to write more than one sentence. And so they write two or three sentences in their kindergarten. And so that's been really great. Yes, it is. And so Lori, what is your vision for Bloom Beautiful Academy? You know, I know you started off so quickly and now that you've started and you've gotten your feet wet, you've been able to be at home. You've been teaching from home. You've been with your daughter. You've been making an income. What is your vision for your school? So my vision is, um, I definitely want to keep, um, Bloom Beautiful Academy small but I don't mean that in the sense of like not getting any more students. So um, even if it's all students in one location, I really desire to keep it small so we can um, have individualized instruction so we can get to every student and not let kids fall through the cracks. Yes. So you're saying even if you enrolled more students, you would want the teacher student ratio to be smaller. Yes. And not just for struggling students, because you have very talented students and gifted students and students who may be learning at a lower level, but they're talented in some other way. So I also think from a teacher's perspective, now that we 
get the opportunity to build a school. And I know that you can relate to this, but we have a teacher's heart at the center for what we do, as well as a child's heart. So instead of just thinking about from where we've come from, you know, the numbers, the scores, and, and of course, caring about the students, we also now get to know the students in a holistic way. We get to know their families so much better. We get to know these children so much on a deeper level, but also we care about the people that we get to have helping us with these students. So even if what I hear you saying is that if Bloom Beautiful were to continue to grow, you also think about the students, of course, and their learning, but you're also considering the teacher's perspective and being able to keep it, keep it small, because we know what it's like to teach students, 20, 30 students in a classroom, all on varying, all on varying levels and needing different situations that require our attention and our service. But now being able to have a smaller classroom allows the teachers even more happiness and creativity and that time to connect with our students. So I know that you've seen that yourself. And what do you think about your assistant, Lori, and, and how she's helped so much with the students and what you've seen, you know, two students, two teachers with 12 students, how have you seen that impact your students? Yes, my, um, all of the kids get um, pretty much one-on-one time with either one of us throughout the day. They can um, ask questions. They're not frustrated because they can never get to a teacher to ask for help. Um, She also is just so great because she pulls small groups of kids and works on specific skills that they need to work on. Mm-hmm. Things that I've given her to do um, just to help them with um, really, it's almost like an IEP for every student, their individualized right. education plan, right? Um, even if they're not special needs. And so they, each child has skills um, that they work on and she helps a lot with that. Yes. And I'm sure that you've noticed too, just giving immediate feedback how helpful that is to our students. So if they are off track on a couple problems, it's not turn in your paper and I check it and then I put it into the grade book and then I get it back to you the next day and then it goes home into your folder. No, it's okay. You've done a couple problems. I see that you need some help. Come over here for a minute and let me just redirect you. Sometimes it only just takes a few seconds, but we have that ability. That's amazing. So Also, I would love for you to share, you know, Lori, during your hard times, how did you stay hopeful? I have stayed hopeful. It's just been so evident to me that God has me here for such a time as this. He Mm -hmm. gave me that verse from Esther, uh, it's Esther 414 when I was in the planning process of this whole endeavor. He, God has orchestrated my every step when building Bloom Beautiful Academy. So I know that his plans are just, they're greater. (laughs) And he has plans to prosper me and not to harm me. So I just leave that in his hands. And I know some of that sounds cliche, but I just, I mean all of that with all of my heart. And so when I start to face doubt, I just begin praying and remembering God's promises from his word. 
yes. and it just strengthens me and I just keep on going. That's so nice, Lori. And do you feel as if through this experience, do you feel like you've even grown closer to our heavenly father or seen that you have more time to see his goodness rather than potentially working prior to like in, in public school, for an example? Oh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about, but absolutely. I feel like, I don't know if it's just more time. I I don't know, but, um, I do feel that way just because I, I don't know how to put my finger on it, but I think it's because we're not in the rat race anymore and the juggling your coffee and the getting into your car and getting the lunch boxes and driving to work. And then you're there and then you got a meeting and then you got all these emails and you got the bell ringing and you got kids off the late bus and then you got kids in there and then you got kids still at breakfast and then you're shuffling so many things around and then it's time for the kids to go to PE and you've got another faculty meeting. And it just seems as if God has allowed us more time to relax and to focus on what's important and to get rid of the distractions. And it's okay if you can't put your finger on it because you're still only a few months into this. And that wasn't a question to stump you whatsoever. It's something for you to look on and, and really say, my gosh, look how much more time, even though I've been distracted in other ways, you know, because it's in my house and I'm Try and I'm and I'm and I'm already experiencing growing pains, but I'm able to ease into my day a lot better. And my afternoons, I know that you know, feel different. And the way that you can construct your day and your field trips, it just has a different rhythm. Yes. Now let's talk about some nitty-gritty that I know a lot of people are like, okay, this sounds great. I really want to do it. I've been dreaming of having my own school, but I'm so afraid to step out. I, but I'm burnt out. You know, I receive messages all the time, almost on the daily. I don't think I can do this anymore. I've, some people will say, I've actually just came across your podcast and never even thought of having my own school. Or we think if I'm having my own school, it's got to be this brick and mortar with 1200 kids, right? Right but it doesn't have to be like that. And what would you say to the teacher who feels defeated or depleted and doesn't really know if she can take it much longer and, but, but it doesn't know where else to go. Doesn't know how to pivot in a sense. What, what advice would you give that teacher? I would just say, and I know this might be hard, just go for it. Just go for it. I mean, I feel like we're on such a cutting edge of a shift in education. Yes. And many people are just discouraged with public school setting and some are discouraged with private school settings. And there's so many parents looking for an alternative to education for their kids. feel like one room schoolhouses are making their way back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. And so did that help you in who, in determining who you would serve? And how you would serve them. Like at first, were you like, I don't really know who I'm going to serve and how I'm going to serve them. But how, how did you kind of get through that muddy water in a sense? Um, part of it was we were already kind of connected with the homeschool community. Mm-hmm. And there were lots of parents who would be like, oh, this is so hard. Or I really have a hard time with this. And um, so I knew probably that 
a lot of my clientele would come from homeschool. As I've um, marketed more and my name's gotten out there, mm -hmm. um, there are people starting to say, oh, and I actually just had um, a mother and her son come just a few days ago. And she says, I'm pulling him out of public school after, after Christmas. And she came over and I, you know, gave her my introductory packet and all of the things, brochures and goodies. Yeah. yeah. And the enrollment form I asked, cause I have it digital, but she's like, no, I like paper pen. And so mm -hmm. I gave her that and she said, and I told her what was going on. She said, sign me up. Wow. And so he will be starting in uh, January after Christmas. Congratulations. Yes. And I really appreciate how you said that you started with where you were and who you were connected to, but then it really spread word of mouth. So it's not because I can see someone saying, and this was me my first year, I didn't know anyone in the homeschool community. And so it's only now that I'm definitely connected to the homeschool community. So I have seen shifts in the market of people that I serve, but you said it best. Remember you said word of mouth, and there are specific strategies with word of mouth, but overall, how have you marketed your school? What did you find was the, the greatest um, indicator for success when it came to getting your message out? Um, first off, um, I really do think the, um, as I was part, a part of the teacher, let your light shine Facebook group. And you, um, offered the business bundle. Oh, that was huge. So I knew I needed, I knew I needed all those pieces and thought, well, I could make them myself, mm -hmm. but it was going to take me a lot of time <laughs> and you'd already done the legwork. And so it was such an, a blessing to be able to purchase that. And I got jumped right in and got that introductory packet done. And then that made the first my, thing. Yes. Yeah. Made my business Facebook business or my Facebook business page for mm -hmm. Bloom Beautiful Academy. And I started advertising on there right away. Um, and then I started once I made my brochures, I started handing out brochures everywhere I went. Uh, and I started with the advertising, um, I connected with a bunch of Facebook groups, homeschool Facebook groups and anything that I could find in my area. That's and then I start, if they would allow some groups don't allow you to advertise. Mm -hmm. Um, I started advertising on those groups. And so that's where I've gotten lots of messages and emails from people seeing those things on Facebook. Yes, absolutely. And there is a strategy, as we know, that you can't just rely on Facebook to market for you and you can't just do word of mouth. There, it, there is an ecosystem, yes. so to speak. And then the other, the other caveat here is that you have to be organized. Marketing doesn't come easy for a lot of people and Lori as, as kind and compassionate and caring and gentle of a person that I know you are, you're not one that goes knocking on everybody's door. Here's my brochure. Here's my brochure. So I know that that was, you know, this isn't just for extroverts here that can go out and do this. I know that that takes a lot of courage 
to be able to, and you know, you're not in a city that, you know, everybody, this isn't your hometown. You had lived there less than a year. Right. So kudos to you. And look, okay. So we went through the educational marketing series. The educational marketing series is no longer available, but it is becoming a course for people. So what was it during that time that we did the educational marketing series that you felt was beneficial when you were like, okay, I got it. Now I've got my business bundle docs. We went through and you had your introductory packet. What did you work on next after your introductory packet? Um, I did the brochure next, I believe. And then flyers. So I could, those are the things I could hand out to people right away Yes, yeah. or hang up. And then those were, yeah, those were, I think brochure and then flyer. Yes. Okay. Then you got your handbook and contract. You had your enrollment form. And then, so you had all your pieces and they were organized. Then came the part where we were really putting our feet to the floor. And what was it during that educational marketing series when we were all together and you were learning just different strategies to market? What were some of your, your takeaways? Well, one of the main things was, um, learning my area because I hadn't lived here very long. And so, um, that we, uh, did that in educational marketing series, learning everything about your area. So the schools, the public schools, right. daycares, homeschools, um, homeschool co-ops. Mm-hmm. Um, so similar, and then there are other similar programs in my area that, um, I'm doing mm-hmm. some of the same similar. And so just kind of learning all of that and, um, learning or finding the Facebook groups that I could start engaging in. And then I also learned about Facebook algorithms yeah, and how to maximize my reach on Facebook. And so both of those uh, things were huge for helping me build my business. I loved that time that we were talking about the Facebook algorithm because people were really blown away by, okay, I did not know that there were these little pieces. We think, oh, we put up a social media post. And if you've got 500 followers on your Facebook business page, then all 500 followers see it. And that's not the case. So there's the almighty algorithm and the target market research. That is so big learning your target market research. And there were different strategies that we use to identify them, how to connect with them, how to follow up with them. And so it was such a joy for you to be a part of that with us. I would also like for you to share what you have planned for the remainder of the school year and into summertime. So for the remainder of the school year, um, I plan on kind of doing the same thing that we're doing. So um, focusing on uh, reading and math and science and social studies. And we already have field trips booked, some for January and just continuing that. And then, like I said, we'll be adding at least one more student in January. And then for the summer, um, I plan to do at least probably two summer camps. Nice. Um, and then 
get ready for the new year. Get ready for the new year. Yeah. Now, Lori, are you looking to expand Bloom Beautiful Academy? Are you looking to expand it for the year to come or stay in your same location? What are your thoughts? So I got um, a proposition from the owner of the dance studio where my daughter attends and they are growing by leaps and bounds and they need they need to find a new location. So the owner... Um, asked me if I would be interested in sharing a space with them. And that's all I can think about for the last week. (laughs) Um, So they're wanting to lease a warehouse and it has a lot of office spaces with it. And she's like, we don't need all these office spaces. Mm. And she's like, would you consider, she said, I don't want an answer yet, but would you consider maybe helping with the lease on some of these office spaces and you would be able to use the dance studio during the day if you needed like indoor play area. And so this is amazing. I mean, I just am literally sitting here going, okay, we're expanding. We're, we're partnering up with a local business. And, and just from that, I can see two local businesses joining forces. It is going to be a force to be reckoned with. That is for sure. God literally opened those doors for you. He did. And this is the, listen, friends, this, this is the lady that was thinking, why am I even kind of in this teacher layer light shine group here? (laughs) And I don't, this isn't really for me. And now she is just blooming away. So that is so exciting, Lori. That is so beautiful. I know that you also got the Vela grant which was very helpful. And that was an exciting moment for you. You got the grant before you had even officially started your school. Yes, that was excellent. And so you've had so many beautiful moments of celebration. And I would love for you to tell us what advice you would give someone who is thinking of starting a micro school. Um, My advice would be to first pray about where God would have you. And I would hop on and get that business bundle and get the pieces you need. Because once you have that and you have it all laid out, then those pieces make you look so professional because people are like, whoa, oh, she's serious about this. She's serious. When you hand them a professional looking brochure or when you hand them this introductory packet that's laid out so nicely. And then when they get the handbook, then they're like, okay, she means business. So I really would <laughs> jump in there. And then also um, make sure you're connecting with other people. That's been something that's hu- been huge, just having the people on Teacher Let Your Light Shine group And then from the educational marketing series, I've never met um, one of the other teachers that we, I met on the educational marketing series. I've never met her in person. And she, we text each other like three times a week. Oh, wow. Just because we we're kind of in the same place. And she's like, what are you doing about this? Or I'll text her like, what do you think about this? And so just Mm -hmm. having somebody else to bounce ideas off of. So make sure you connect with other people. Yes, that is so big, especially as you are leaving your profession and what you've always known. And then you're starting your own business and now you are teaching in a different way. And it is sometimes it feels so free that it feels illegal. I mean, let's just face it. It's like, I've been bound up in chains for so long and now I have this opportunity and I really do get to shine my light. We really do. And it's not some, 
woo woo thing here. It really is a very dark world. There are some dark things that are happening and that are just going right underneath the radar and not, you know, there are, there is still a great place for public school and there's still a great place for our teachers and administrators. Absolutely. But if there is a calling on someone's heart to step out and do something different, you really are shining a light for possibilities that others would have never had in a lifetime. And you are so right. Whenever you say that we are on the cutting edge of education. So get into it now because this could be, and from what I understand in my research and following many movements that this is the future of our education. And so like it or not, for those who are very set in their way of what education should look like, there's so many alternatives out there that there's no way that your business cannot thrive, but you definitely have to do the work. Yes. You do. So Lori, it has been a pleasure meeting with you. Is there anything else that you would love to share with our community? Thank you so much for just having me on. Um, This has been a lot of fun and I appreciate everything you do to help um, all the teachers and just get their business started. Yes. And likewise, Lori, how can people connect with you? Um, You can find me at um, our website, www.bloombeautifulacademy.com. Beautiful. And I'm on, we're on Facebook at Bloom Beautiful Academy. I'm on Twitter at BBA Microschool. And also on Instagram at BBA Microschool. This is so neat. This is so neat. And you can hop into our Facebook group and we'll be sharing the podcast in there, of course. And you guys can connect with Lori and Thank you so much, Lori. I cannot wait to have you back on here. We're going to have to do a, you know, an every year reunion of how Bloom Beautiful has continued to bloom. And so thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the virtual teacher's lounge known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.